Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx prisons in the comic book industry. With a strong special focus on strong female characters and creators. Hi guys, welcome back to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 31. We are your hosts, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kristen. And hi, I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. Yes, welcome Good to back. Be back. Like it's it's been a while. Yeah, instead of going two weeks, we are on our third week now because Free Comic Book Day was last Saturday and I had to postpone our um, our recording because I just had a lot of stuff on my plate to get done for that Saturday. And uh, so we, we put it off a little bit of a week. I'm honestly still recuperating. <laughs> Same, big mood. You more so than me, though, because of your leg. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it was a, a full, full event. It was you, <laughs> you want to know that's what's funny is that I've had multiple people who apparently people, girls, people listen to our <laughs> podcast. Thank <laughs> you for listening, guys. I've had multiple people come into the shop and say, oh my gosh, I know who you are because I heard that you broke your leg on the podcast. <laughs> 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 totally man um i cool. shout out to that one gentleman who said that our podcast was the first one he's yes. ever listened to Ooh. and uh, we are the only pin that he has on his entire backpack yeah so, <laughs> thank you so much for coming down yes. to the comic book day and thank you for listening and supporting our little podcast here thank you so guys how what were the highlights of of uh, free comic book day heidi ho comic con for you guys well, for me, it was seeing Jaime draw. Yeah. Because oh he yes. is so skilled. Like, mm-hmm. this is obvious. Like, we, like, we, like, we know, but there's a, uh, there's a difference seeing someone who's been doing this for years draw versus some of the more, like, newer artists. I have friends who are, who are artists and they stream, they stream online, mm-hmm. or they just, like, they do sketches and doodles and stuff like that, and I usually hang out with them, but seeing Jaime, work and just the speed and the quickness and like you can tell that he knows these characters by yes. heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, yes. He knows these characters and he 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 could probably draw them in their sleep quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh and so it's it was it that was uh, that was really cool, mm-hmm. and I like talking to him. And he told us a little bit about like, <laughs> like um, uh, we talked a lot about slang and yeah. the development of slang, mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, he was just so easy to talk to. He was very easy to talk to, and uh, I that was that was that was really cool. Was seeing him, was seeing him draw. So for those of you who are not aware. Jaime Hernandez from Love and Rockets fame was uh, Comada C Comics guest at Heidi Ho Comic Con on Free Comic Book Day last Saturday, May 5th, which also happened to be Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> and um, so he was our guest. He was one of our guests in our booth. And he he is such a trooper. He was there from 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And he, for however many people that came by, he mm-hmm. signed however many things that he wanted, that they wanted for him to sign and uh, stre- sketch and talked to them and did mm. interviews and he was just such an amazing part of the event on Saturday. So um I definitely have to piggyback on Jen saying that that was that was one of 
my favorite uh, things about Heidi Ho Comic Con, um, being that Love and Rockets, Maggie's Ma- Maggie the Mechanic was our very first book that we ever reviewed. I feel like it's kind of, it's only been a year. It's been mm-hmm. a year that we've yeah. been doing our podcast. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Heidi Ho Comic Con 2017 uh, was our very first public appearance. It was our coming out party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're right. You're absolutely right. Oh yes, God, and yeah. I had to work outside and Jen had to work the register and Sarah mm-hmm. was so nervous. <laughs> yeah, she was so nervous. Because yes. she had to do it all by herself. Dude, I remember thinking, I'm going to probably have one of those irritable irritable bowel syndrome kind of moments. <laughs> so I even brought air freshener on the very first because I was like, oh my god, I'm probably gonna fart because I'm nervous. <laughs> and actually, I wanted to that's I wanted to pick it off of that because um, I actually think doing these appearances has. Um, cured some of my anxiety, like oh, public speaking, yeah. mm-hmm. because at the first time around, I got really nervous. And you know, anytime I meet anybody famous, I start right. sweating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this time I was like mentally preparing for Jaime. And uh, we're on a first name level basis <laughs> now, but I mentally prepared for it like weeks and weeks. And yeah. so when I saw him, I didn't sweat or cry, which yeah. was great. Yeah. So I, you know, like I feel like this has cured some of the anxiety I used to get from meeting famous people or talking in yeah. public. Mm-hmm. So this oh, has awesome. been awesome that's for so, me. Cool. It's cool, something cool that's notable, hear. and it's so notable because uh, I had such such strong reactions when we first met him. To when yes. he, the, the, now that he's at our booth, mm-hmm. you know. honestly, um, last year, like I said, Heidi Ho Comic Con was our first public appearance, and then the very next weekend, just as it is the same this year, was East LA Comic Con, which this year is uh, same show, different name, East LA Cape, mm-hmm. and um, we met Jaime right. there for the first time, <clears throat> and when he came to our table, and I started telling him, oh my gosh, we're Comodacy Comics, and this is what we do, mm-hmm. and this is what we talk about, and and Maggie the Mechanic was the very first, I started getting kind of like misty-eyed yeah. and like emotional telling him that, mm-hmm. and so um, that was kind of what I was starting to say, is like, it's only been a year, but I feel like we've already, in uh, one of our journeys has already come full circle. Exactly, yeah. absolutely. I, I love this story, It's it's really wonderful. Um, you know, if you would have told me a year ago that I was going to ever meet Jaime Hernandez, and not only that, but spit, be sitting at our booth at a Comic-Con <laughs> having a beer with him, I would have never <laughs> believed you. Oh, yeah? I mean, it was just fabulous. Just sitting there, just chatting, having a cold beer after like a full day of a, com- a convention was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and some cheese about Jaime. He prefers por- uh, not porters, loggers and pilsners. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, I wanted to uh, surprise him with something like really like, you know, heavy and, and <laughs> I hop, and uh, I hoppy, hoppy. <laughs> Um, but no, he prefers those, and that was fine. It mm-hmm. was great, and yeah. uh, and then later, um, uh, Nathaniel Soyo stopped by our booth, and we had a beer, and it was just oh, great. I missed that part. Oh, I don't know where yeah. I was. Too. I, yeah. I was already gone. Yeah. I was just <laughs> all like, bye. Yeah, he stopped by to say bye, and I'm like, hey, you want a beer? And then we just sat there and kind of just talked and stuff, and mm-hmm. it was great. I, uh, everybody was great. The staff uh, at Heidi Hole was amazing. 
so hardworking, I felt. And mm-hmm. um, just seeing everybody, like Fanbase Press, mm-hmm. um, the guys from Pole Noir. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was just awesome. Just seeing, they're all drawing, they're all, you know, talking. And Mo- Monkey Monster Cosplay coming over and has saying hello and chatting with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing um, Richard Cardenas, who d- has his own podcast. And he actually had us on his podcast, uh, yeah. an interview mm-hmm. with Interview. the nerd. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's so nice. He, he is. Us he chocolate. So it was great. Yes, and he made so me a right. Black Panther beanie. Mm-hmm. It was so cute. Oh my I gosh, love I love it so much. The, my only um, complaint is that it's the beginning of summer and I'm not going to be able to wear it as much as I want <laughs> oh, to. No. Although, I live in the South Bay and even during summertime it gets cold at night, so whenever we go out, I have a beanie usually. There you go. It was so thick, though. I didn't. Yes, it was very thick. I didn't expect it to be so thick and so like warm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I will have to share. (laughs) I will have to share a uh, picture of me with my beanie on on our Commodity Comics. I think I shared it on my personal Instagram, but not by not Commodity Comics. So so you guys can see. Next thing you know, he's gonna be like, "Why am I getting all these (laughs) requests for Black Panther beanies?" beanies. Uh, Special thanks to. our other guest, Melina Chavarria. She does uh, the magic glasses. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read her book. She was telling somebody else about her book. I think book. you left it. <laughs> no, you know, I left it with your pile of stuff, so I didn't know okay, why you wanted me to. Okay, it's yeah. in the car, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, uh, when she was de- doing her spiel for somebody that was interested in looking mm-hmm. at her book, um, I was like, oh my God, I want to read that. It's like, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's so good. I was telling her that as I was reading it, the voice that she gives uh the main character um who lives with her mother and who i believe is like in her early 20s um trying to figure out what's what to do with her life um the voice she gives her within the interactions that she has with her mother and um just the whole latino cultural stuff that interplays in with that relationship and also her decisions in her life. They were so, um, like I told her she, she did it so well and so realistic and believable. And I, I was, uh, telling her that, um, I loved it so much. I would, I can't wait for her to, uh, continue to read her story where it goes. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Like I said, just listening to her talk about it, I was like, Oh, I gotta read that. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you, uh, the gentleman, um, and the, uh, his wife who came over to see us too, Cafe Con Leche, they Mm -hmm. have a blog. Um, they came by to visit us as well. I thought that was awesome. That was um, fun. What, we fell the, in love with them as soon as we heard their name. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know that his business card, like their business card, in the back there's a guacamole recipe? No. no. So cool. Oh, oh that one. is cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, they'll never throw it away now. <laughs> that is, yes, that's, like, that's awesome. I'm like, oh that's God. bloody brilliant. That <laughs> is brilliant. Shit, we gotta, yeah, we're we going to steal it. we got to step our, of our game. we got to put some kind of recipe down there. You know, there's just so many amazing things that happened at the Heidi Ho Comic Con. This is the one that I've had the most fun, the most interaction with everybody else. I just, just like a butterfly, like, you know, coming <laughs> out of her ca- cocoon. But one of the cool things was, um, there was this gentleman. He was standing, just kind of looking over who, who was there, like, you know, as far as, uh, the vendors and so forth. And then he turns around and he looks at Jaime and he turns around again. And he th- turns down a third time, and he looks 
at everything, like the whole setup. Yeah. All like, he comes over to him. He's like, oh, my God, I just want to tell you that I love your book. I didn't know you were here. I didn't know you were going to be here. I, it's just the best surprise ever. He And then he gets his little girl. He's like, this gentleman wrote the comic book that got me through college. Aww. And I thought that was so genuine because he did not. He had no idea yeah. what was happening. I said, you know, just follow us on Facebook. We're going to always tell you who's going to be guests at the free comic book event. That dude is yeah. a regular at Heidi Ho because he can't, he, I was standing there <laughs> when right after he's like, I didn't know he was going to be here. I said, where have you been? <laughs> I said, I have handed you a flyer and I said it to a lot of people and I know that I, I told you. To face. Yeah, I said, I know I've told you because you're brown. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't know. He's like, I don't read those flyers. <laughs> oh, the truth God. comes yeah. out. Oh my God. <laughs> That's oh hilarious. That was that was super fun because I guess even with like all of our advertising and like some of our regulars or even some people who just came in didn't know that Hyman was yeah. gonna be there and mm-hmm. then they would come in and then they would be like, Oh my god, I love your comic yeah. and like and that was really cool too, is just seeing some of the old regulars yeah. come mm-hmm. in and say it was like, Oh, I remember when you used to come to old yeah. party uh-huh. And I was just like, Oh my god, that's so freaking cool. Yeah. And they would talk about like like back when the store was like uh owned by Bob and Rob mm-hmm. and like all the like different indie titles and stuff like that and how like it was that was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. And um what was another thing? Ah oh, shoot. This was my favorite part. So I'm finally finally able to look over the stuff that Jaime brought, you know, to sell and you mm-hmm. know to autograph and so forth. Um as as you may or may not know, he has written a children's book. Um, they is- must know because we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yes, yeah, so he had plenty of those and they're translating in Spanish. So he gave me two copies. Thank you so much. They're awesome. I just finished reading it. Amazing. Loved it. But not only that, part of the stuff that was on his table, I just found out that Jaime Hernandez is more hardcore than I could ever imagine. <laughs> he had a Christian Death cover, uh, 45 album. That he designed the cover for. Christian Death, okay? Had no idea he even knew who Christian Death was. <laughs> he had the, the adolescents. He also had a, a cover that he designed for them. And there, he said that there's another uh, 45 floating out there of the weirdos. He and is hardcore, hardcore punk. punk. Yeah. Yes, he is. I mean, I hear it, but to see it with my own eyes, I was like, dude, I'm <laughs> oh, not worthy. Oh, there's, not worthy. There's this uh, stereotype that once you get older, you are, yeah. you face. Yeah out of that yeah. stuff and that's not that's not true look I fully plan on being 50 and still saying that I'm a freaking emo like <laughs> this is this is legitly the truth this is and it's it's something that you don't phase out of but even sometimes I fall for it because uh he he is older but he's still very much punk yeah he's so punk and i want to know i want to know his thoughts about new punk i want to know like what he where he thinks the scene is right now well like and stuff like that i didn't get to ask him that because i was tired yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it didn't occur to me but he is still very much punk and that's so so fucking cool it was i was like christian death really wow (laughs) you're like super awesome but um it was just awesome he brought in some like guests that are hardcore they actually Uh got in line yeah got in line had him sign a bunch of stuff got back in line yeah had him they got back in line like three times and i thought man that's so cool yeah um but yeah and uh cafe coleche guy he also is hardcore punk. Cafe con leche guy. 
hardcore punk. We don't they, remember your names, guys. Email. Well, I know his wife's like, name is Beatriz. <laughs> it was like it was like they started talking punk, and all I could do was do that meme where you know how Homer Simpson hides in the bushes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's how I felt. Like, I felt like you guys have outpunked me. <laughs> like I am not worthy. I'm just gonna you know kind of fade away in in the background here. But it, it was everything was awesome. Um, unfortunately, Melissa Sanchez. Uh, she wasn't able to come. She had some health issues, but um, thank you for supporting Melissa, the uh, people who came by to see her specifically. Yes, she had some uh, fans and friends come by looking for her, and um, we had to, unfortunately, you know, share that she wasn't able to make it, but she was definitely there in spirit and in um, in art because, of course, she's the person who designed our logo. So our logo was behind us on our huge brand new banner. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and it looked amazing. Uh, yes, and it, it did look amazing. And Melissa's very talented. So we hope she's feeling better. Um, but uh, we definitely uh, had her there in spirit. Absolutely. Yeah, and awesome. just one more favorite thing. I don't know if you guys remember. There was this little girl. She had, I think, a Hulk sweater. And she started to talk to, while she was waiting in line for Jaime with her dad. She started to talk about uh, a book she's read called uh-huh. Dragons Love Tacos. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, so, so then we're like, we need to read yes. that book. Uh-huh. So uh, we get our inspiration from everywhere, including six-year-old little girls waiting in line to have Jaime Hernandez uh, sign their dad's uh, comic books. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah. she said there were two volumes. Mm. Oh, <laughs> wow. She was so cute, too. It was awesome. Just mm-hmm. hearing her talk about the books that she was reading um, I, and how excited mm-hmm. she was that we were listening to her and that we were going to read the books. I thought that was great. Yeah. So that was our little spiel on uh, Heidi Ho Comic Con. And next year, now you know you have to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't know who we could have next year. Uh, exactly. And one of my favorite things was the fact that... Um, Let's see, one, two, three, at least four of the Heidi Ho Comic Con guests were creators who have books that we've reviewed and also who uh, we've just come across at other mm-hmm. conventions that were Latino creators that we specifically invited to be part of Heidi Ho Comic Con because we were just so enamored with their work, like mm-hmm. Peau Noir. Mm-hmm. And um, Quinta was already there last year, but of course Quinta was there, yeah, and you know how much we love <laughs> Quinta yeah. and um, Nathaniel Soyo with his um, uh, shadow piece. People mm-hmm. and his other cool VR stuff. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it was cool. Uh, I don't know. It's like there's something about this crowd that's so welcoming and so uplifting. They, every time I see them, they just put a big smile on my face. I think what they're doing is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was our little spiel on Heidi Ho <laughs> Comic Con Day. So be sure to put that on your calendar next uh, free comic book day, guys. Always the first Saturday in May. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> And now for Chisme de la Semana, we have Jen. And I have three pieces of Chisme. Chisme, Chisme, Chisme. I love love (laughs) gossiping. Anyways, so the first big major news is that it is official. Fox has canceled Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, no. Tears, tears. Uh, This is on their uh, fifth season, which I tragically have not caught up on. Uh, But it... um, um, 
It's really sad because the cast was super diverse. It was super hilarious. It had an actual bisexual Latina confirmed Rosa Diaz. Uh, <laughs> I love her. I love her. And look, I love her. I love her for many reasons, but Ooh. she is. I- <laughs> she's the she's the epitome of every Latina crush. I've had and she's the <laughs> actress who was vying for the America role, wasn't Stephanie she? Stephanie Beatriz. Yeah, oh, that's yes. right. That's right. Uh, and it's um, uh, uh, there has been a kind of like a campaign uh, started on Twitter to save it. Oh, nice. So, yes. So actually, Lin Manuel Miranda. Is kind oh, of spearheading wow. this because okay. he really, really loves the show. Awesome. And what people, what they're trying to do is get it picked up by either Hulu, Hulu. or Netflix. Yeah, that'd be and great. that would be great. So they still have two episodes to go before the season wraps up, and like that, there will be no more. But if there is enough reception, if there's enough people who go out and say like, I still want to see Brooklyn Nine Nine, I still want to, like, I, w- I would, w- this was something that I would watch. It's very possible that Netflix or Hulu yeah. will pick it up like they did, like. Hulu did with the Mindy Project. Mindy Project. And I have to say, Mindy Project only got better when it went to Hulu because really? a lot of the restrictions that I think were placed on um, the production of the show uh, on primetime uh, TV, I think were kind of lifted because it's it's not cable but um i don't know what the specific uh definition is of hulu and netflix but they ha- they've got a little bit more risque oh, their yeah. jokes were a little bit more <laughs> like you know a uh, borderline um and so it to me really improved it and i loved mindy project regardless but it i thought that it really uh except for the ending i wasn't too excited about but um <laughs> i love mindy project so if you uh, just a little side note watch it <laughs> yeah it's really great but i i don't really know what exactly caused the cancellations they're saying um uh, viewings and ratings but the ratings for it haven't dropped at all it's still funny yeah it's still really good and still gets good reception yeah i i don't think it's just uh i think a marker of the bigger tv changes going on mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. especially like uh kind of like a lashback against diversity in tv and everything like that and just it's let's be real it's fox uh <laughs> <laughs> i never make that connection yeah <laughs> and so and so yeah, it's probably it. Yeah, it's it probably was cold for something else that they're gonna try to make room for. But I think it is something that's worth saving, and that I would still love to see because it's like even though it's supposed to be like this, it's supposed it. I some people have cu- accused it of being police propaganda, and mm. I'm just like mildly mm, valid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's it's still like. It's still kind of like, it's still pretty funny, and I think it's really real and really authentically genuine in a lot of its topics that have a lot of humorous tones. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, above all, it's super fucking funny. So, <laughs> it is really uh, funny. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, I highly, highly recommend watching it and take to Twitter or anything if you really want to keep seeing it. I believe Hulu and Netflix have like these outreach programs of like, what would you like to see? On um uh, on like on our like websites like feedback and stuff like yeah. that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and some of the feedback can be like oh please pick up um uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine cool all right moving on to the next one 
Annette Benning joins the cast of Captain Marvel. Oh, and, what? Uh, yes. I like and, her. <laughs> and so Annette Benning is, I believe, what is she, a four-time Oscar nominee? Oh, I don't know. I know that she's uh, been nominated, but I don't know how many times. Yeah, she's. I think she has been nominated four times, but rumor has it that she is joining as the mother of Captain Marvel. Oh, interesting. Yes. Have we seen any storylines with a mother in comics? That's just the thing. We haven't. Interesting. Oh, not real. Not in. Maybe not in the movies. I'm in comics. I'm can probably no. Hmm. There's something. There's probably something in comics. Just just the thing is that. Uh, Marvel might as well have a subscription that says, uh, Daddy Issues, uh, comics. Because <laughs> 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 uh, let's be real. <laughs> oh, shit. Look, uh, comics suffers from, uh, a plethora of daddy issues and dead mommies. Yeah. Uh, mm. that's just, that's just how it is. And that's how, like, I guess you can cause angst and stuff. And this is kind of like a trope. And not only just right. in comics, but in like literature and a lot of fantasy stuff, uh, games and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's a trope. But I'm excited to see this because, uh, like there hasn't been a lot of like mother storylines. Yeah. Like, mom's present. Yeah. Like, uh, Frida, Friga, Friga gets uh, fridged in Thor 2. Mm. Or is it Thor 3? I think it's Thor 2. Yeah. It's, in Thor 2, she dies. She's um, a Thor and Loki's mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Or an adopted mom right. in Loki's case. <laughs> and um, um, we only got that one view of um, uh, Claire's mom from Luke Cage. And that's from the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, not from the, from the... TV, yeah. From TV. And I can't think of any other... Well, mother poor Star Lord's mom got oh. a brain tumor. <laughs> she died literally within the first five minutes. Right, yeah. right. Uh, and it's just like it's not. It's something that I'm I'm excited to see, especially Captain Marvel is going to be the first woman directed film by Marvel. Yeah. Oh wow. Which is okay. yeah, which is interesting in itself, and let's see how well they do because she she she's a right she's writing yeah, but she's a co writer. Mm-hmm. So it's, they're not just leaving it to a woman. Yeah. It's going to be somebody else as well. Mm-hmm. And there could be, I mean, you can make an argument for that in that Marvel has a bigger franchise and has more stakes in the game than DC. Um, uh, but it's still just kind of like, okay, why do you just let her write this mm-hmm. on her own kind of thing? Like, what, do you not trust that she can do something? Or like, what? what's the deal? Um, so... Yeah. I'm just really interested to see this movie, to see what they do with Carol and to see how it all comes out. Cause, you know, we, I, I think, um, regardless if we mean to or not, um, it's impossible to not compare it to Wonder Woman mm-hmm. as yeah. the, the big, the, the big, um, successful, uh, feminist icon movie that came out. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's hard to not kind of place, uh, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel's character kind of at, at that same level when you, uh, especially the Connix run, uh, in, mm-hmm. in the, um, in the comics. Uh, I, one of the things that I love about her character is that she was a fucking kick-ass woman before she got her superpowers. Mm-hmm. She was, it's Captain Marvel. It's not just a made-up name. She's a freaking captain mm-hmm. in the Air Force. In the Air Force, yeah. So, um, so that's what excites me about this is that it's, it's, 
a depiction of a strong woman um, who then gets the superpowers just the same way of, of why I really love Moon Girls because she is smart outside of her superpowers. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very important. That's a very important distinction that I think a lot of people miss with both of those characters mm-hmm. that they, that they just assume that her, that their badassness comes because of this outside thing that happened to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not true. I think, uh, I think even in the comics, she actually makes the jump to Colonel. Oh wow! Okay. I think you're right. Yeah, to Colonel, you're right. Mm-hmm. But she's still she's she is higher ranked than Captain America. She's higher ranked, but than she the, but she uh-huh. um, doesn't make a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's super cool. So she is a yeah she military wise she is higher ranked yes. than almost everybody mm-hmm. in uh, in the comics universe, and so it's it's I'm very excited. Um, maybe not as excited as I would have been. I'm kind of getting Marvel burnout. <laughs> <laughs> not me. Bring it on. Let's watch Infinity Gauntlet for the fiftieth time. <laughs> Speaking of which, great uh, movie. Oh yeah, if anybody hasn't seen it, it was it was entertaining. I loved yeah. it. I loved it too. I'm. I have blocked and reported all of my Facebook friends who say are the opposite. <laughs> I liked it. It was. I mean, I'm not saying I hate it. It was. It was. It was entertaining, and it was definitely a lot better than Justice League. Still, oh, God. <laughs> what isn't better than Justice League? I haven't seen Freaking, that. I think still, Garfield is better than Justice League. I still want to see that because of my Those boyfriend. Smurfs. But <laughs> oh, your your boyfriend makes up uh, all the good parts of that movie. But I just way. haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. And You're so, not missing much. <laughs> but it's just like I—I I have my criticisms of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, all movies definitely. I think you can find valid critiques on, but I just—I loved it a hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, was, I like that rating. <laughs> we, now, we won't get into spoilers because I, it's only been like what a week or two. I think it's, it's been, been two, a, weeks. two weeks. It's been yeah. two weeks, yes. and I don't know why that feels like forever. It <laughs> does it's not. It it's, does when you think about it. It's really, really not. Yeah, because my conception of like when. Uh, I guess a lot of movie culture has changed where you have to see it on opening day. Mm-hmm. I did. All by I myself. Did. I was there at 6 oh, o'clock yeah. on Thursday. <laughs> Same. We went for my little brother's birthday. It was, it was me. Um, it was basically six of us. <laughs> yeah. And I, unbeknownst to me, what obviously I didn't know what the post credit scene was going to be, I had my Captain Marvel sweatshirt on. Oh, nice. 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 Did everybody um, ask you what does that mean? No, that happened. That happened uh, when we saw it uh, also on Thursday at seven, and then this lady who was very loud throughout the movie, very enthusiastic, mm-hmm. and towards the end uh, when they showed the the clip, she's like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> so my brother turns around and he's like, "Captain Marvel." She's like, "Oh!" <laughs> she I, still didn't know. She probably uh, went home. to... Don't look it up. Yeah, <laughs> I accidentally blurted it out out loud. The movie theater was very quiet uh-huh. after, like when uh, when it was being shown. Uh-huh. And then when I saw it, I blurted out Captain Marvel, and then a lot of people were like, "Yeah," and I'm just like, "Oh crap!" I brought attention to myself. I don't like this. <laughs> 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 but um, um <laughs> but um, um, on to the next cheese me. Uh, to those of you unaware, because I certainly wasn't aware, the Predator has dropped. A teaser trailer. Yes! The Predator is coming back! Yes! Woo! 
Now, those movies used to scare me as a kid. I fucking love them. I, I love them. I've never seen them as an adult. My, Dude is so good. Uh, my baby goth ass was, <laughs> was in love. Oh my god. Somebody need uh, listeners out there. If you are an artist, if you're a creator, please draw baby goth Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny because it'll my be mom. our first piece of fan art. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The funny thing is that my mom used to dress me up in a lot of pink. Yeah, uh, and so, but inside I was not pink. <laughs> I wasn't pink at all. So a lot of the old baby photos are me and pink. Yeah, but usually doing something. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I love the Predator. I first watched it when I was six. Mm. Yeah, and. Don't, no, yeah, you can blame it on Latino parents. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just stick them in front of the TV and yeah, see what yeah. goes, yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah, channel 13, huh? Right During, like Saturdays or Sundays. Yep. Like, uh, like kind of like dinner time. Mm-hmm. That's what we used to do. We used to like get pizza and we would watch that too. Was yeah. Schwarzenegger in these movies? Yeah. Yes. Okay. The first one, not the second yeah, not one. Not the second okay. one. Okay. D- Danny uh, Glover was in the third one, I believe. Anyway, they're, they're so good. I, okay. the, I'm sorry, I could go on about The Predator, but yes, mm-hmm. yes, you're right. <laughs> so, uh, Predator is one of those movies that is up there with, like, I will watch no matter what. Right. Kind of, like, again, with Rocky movies, Karate Kid, mm-hmm. um... Rambo movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So a Predator is up there. Yes. I've given up on Alien. I don't watch anymore. What? Yeah. Why? Uh, oh, because of the new ones? The new ones. I've oh, never okay. seen Alien. Oh, so good. Especially when they meshed Alien and Predator together. Yes. I watched those too. I was, did, they were all right. They I did good. read um, did, Archie Meet. <laughs> 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 I read that too. That one's great. It was good. It was so, good. I, I watch all the Predator movies that have yeah. come out. I don't watch any more of the Aliens movies after Prometheus. Mm, okay. Yeah, which was the, has only been like one or two. What? There was Covenant. There was one other one, I think. I remember hearing a lot of negativity around Prometheus. It wasn't good. Yeah. Um, uh, but either way, so Predator, I will watch. So I'm excited for this. Cause I'm you, excited for this, so too. And so it's just a teaser trailer. But it's, they've already have like, over, I would, I hadn't even been aware that they were gonna be making another one. Me neither. Me neither. Me neither. What number is this? I don't know what number this mm. is. Uh, uh, are they starting from scratch? Cause that would be cool. I don't think they're starting from scratch. But, uh, this, the teaser trailer, uh, includes Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us, Ooh. uh, Trevant Rhodes from Moonlight, Ivani Strahovski from The Handmaid's Tale, Ooh. Keegan-Michael Key from Key and Peele, Boyd Holbrook from Ooh. Narcos, and Olivia Munn. Oh, yeah. nice. Olivia so, Munn, the mm-hmm. spylock from X-Men? <laughs> yes. Yeah, her. Anyway. Yeah, her. But uh, it sounds like a strong crowd. <laughs> it sounds strong. And I mean, you can have strong actors, and if it's a shitty script, they'll still pass through. But I'm still going to go watch it. It's oh, heck yeah. a, I'm not going. I'm not going to Predator for classy sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going there for for for, for 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 my gore, for my uh, shitty city pseudoscience, yes, and um, uh, weird aliens killing people. Yes, That's literally it. This and is, it better be rated R. I better see some guts and shit. Yeah. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I feel like it has to be. Yeah. So I love I. I very much love the Predator movies, and I'm very, very excited for this. Me too. Oh, 
what gets you drunk or quicker, what comes in bottles or in cans. Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it beer. makes me think I'm a man. Now it's time for beer. Yeah, so <laughs> we have this amazing bottle of beer in front of me. Um, it's called Genie in a Bottle. It's actually super cute. Um, and it's, um, it's from a local brewery to me in, uh, Torrance, California. It is, um, Exactly a one mile jog slash walk <laughs> or slash sprint, depending on how, <laughs> how, how uh, thirsty I am for oh, beer. Thirsty. But it's uh, a mile from my house. And this, um, is the brewery called Dudes. It's the Dudes Brewing Company. And this is from their Sandbox series. I don't know what that means. Me neither, but it sounded pretty interesting. And it is an imperial red ale. It's ale aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels with Ooh. California cherries. I'm already loving the sound <laughs> of this. Once you said barrel aged, I was just like, all right, okay. And this is really interesting because their their beer um, kind of is the the brewery itself. The theme is the dude, the the Big Lebowski. Yeah, the mm-hmm. dude. You know, you know the dude. Um, and um, Ooh. Really? <laughs> I can't wait to smell it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's the, the theme is a dude. So there's like really relaxed, kind of like loungy in your, um, in your, uh, robe kind of, kind of style, kind of beer, you know, the stuff that you drink Look at, at that home red. and hanging out. Yes. So it's this very is the red. first time that I've laid, ha- laid my eyes on uh, a barrel aged, uh, from the dude's brewery and, um, I got this at the Torrance Cellar. Oops. Um, is that what it's <laughs> called? The shop, the Torrance Cellar? Um, the one that, where they have the tastings? Yeah, Torrance Beer Cellar, I think. N- no, it's something like that. But those three words are in it, but I don't think in that order. Mm. And this, this is a, uh, oh let me tell you God. how much it's, uh. It's Craft Beer Cellar Torrance. Thank you, Craft <laughs> Beer Cellar Torrance. It's a really nice place. Um, they have like a little section of Belgian, uh, European, uh, style beers, which I love. They're so super nice there. Oh, they are. Um, this is 12.8. Holy smackerel. I don't know where my glasses, so can you. So yeah, this bottle, as I have mentioned, uh, this beer is called Genie in a Bottle. And oh, on the side word. of the bottle, it says, your first wish has been granted. <laughs> it says, you're thirsting for something big and bold. Well, dude, your wish is our command. This barrel-aged pallet bomb bursts out of the bottle and assaults your senses. Which it did. Did you hear me when I, yeah. <laughs> when I opened yeah. it? Um, First, you'll encounter the audacious mouthfeel. I love that word, mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. <laughs> the audacious mouthfeel of an imperial red ale backed by the sweet undertones of tart cherries. And just when you think it's over, it hits you hard on the backside. <laughs> <laughs> A plethora of barrel-aged flavors. Rub that bottle and see what magic awaits. I love that. I love that. I'm sold. <laughs> that plethora. So, yeah, Dudes is in Torrance, California. Um, uh, I'm going to check the uh, address in case you guys are local and you want to head out. But um, while we are tasting it, uh, I will look up the address to give out. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, the smell of, alone was amazing. Um, I'm so glad. I mean, I know, I know we're into barrel ages right now, and I think this was just kind of a celebratory after a, a hard work and, and good work at, uh, Heidi Ho. Oh my God. I'm in love. Every time <laughs> I smell it, it's like my, the backs of my, oh, of my God. mouth where my cell, saliva glands <laughs> are, they just, they like start to like contract and my mouth just starts getting ready. <laughs> well, salud guys. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Well, Jen says she's in love. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. 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 Oh my gosh. I can taste the berries. The berries are really good and there's like a nice, I mean, you taste them right away. Like, as soon as it hits your tongue. Mm-hmm. You know what this is? Mm-hmm. It is... Okay, I've already told you, uh Sticky Monkey, to me, is a sipping beer because it's so... The mouth feel <laughs> of Sticky Monkey is very thick and, mm-hmm. like, syrupy. This, this is a... That was a sip. This is, like, a gulping Sticky Monkey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I could gulp this, like... To enjoy drinking with dinner or whatever, but it's just, it's not too overpowering. It, the taste is just, yes, the barrel aged flavor in there. The bourbon mm-hmm. is so good. And yeah, those cherries. And then there's absolutely almost very little aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's, it really dissipates. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought this was a really good choice for this review only because we haven't done dudes. Um, as a, yeah. as a beer, um, that we have rated on here and yet they deserve some recognition for being local mm-hmm. and being so freaking cool. And they have a great, during summer, they have really great beers. They have a blood orange. Oh yes. That's so good. The juice box mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. The double trunk is one of my favorites. Um, you can basically, if you want to kind of, uh, they, they actually have a four pack of four different beers that they saw at Costco. Um, so you can get an idea of what kind of beers they brew. But even going there, usually there's a sale on Groupon where you can get like a taster. Yeah, and then you I get, see people coming with that all the time. Yeah, and then they get uh, two free glasses. So it's worth it. Those glasses are cute. They are really cute. So yeah, this is uh, a 1.6 ounces and it is 12.18% alcohol by vo- volume as... Mm. Sarah said. So this is, even though uh, the mouthfeel of it, you might be tempted to gulp it, I would highly recommend against it. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, I took one big gulp, and then I'm like, oh, I gotta I gotta relax. I'm about I'm to finish start- mine because this is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start slurring pretty, 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 uh, pretty soon right already? here. Already? <laughs> yes, already. I'm kind of glad I ate before I drank this because, uh, oh, this, yeah. is, this is, uh, well, girls, there's like half a bottle left, so. <laughs> and I only have one Top beer to me review up, this. please. <laughs> <laughs> so are we ready to review this beer? Yes. yes. I'm going to go, um, you know what? This is a, uh, a really, uh, a pleasant surprise for me. The berry flavor. Oh, you hadn't are, tasted it before? I've never tasted oh, okay. it before. Um, I'm really glad it's amazing. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, Super, uh, super Saiyan on this one. Ooh, Ooh. Super Saiyan. Yes, I'm going Super Saiyan on this one. I'm really, uh, pleasantly surprised. The, the flavors are so on point. There's no weird aftertaste or prolonged aftertaste at all. Um, and it goes down really smooth and the smell alone is just, 
a bouquet of happiness. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yes. Well, just as a reminder, our um, our little um, we have a three level rating for our beers. Uh, it begins at flaccid, then initial, then partial, then full, and then rigid is the fifth one. And if something is just freaking amazing AF, it is Super Saiyan. And so Sarah definitely is going Super Saiyan with She's this feeling it. genie in a bottle. Yes, I, I am totally feeling yeah. it. I am going to go with rigid because I... Though I really, really like it, and I like how um, um, I was almost about to finish my entire bottle before (laughs) (laughs) my entire glass before um, uh, Kristen topped me off. Um, I actually I wish there was an aftertaste in that I wish that I could still look at Jen. Oh, wow, the evolution of her taste buds. Yes. <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah, because I like the ones, like, I believe the one that we had before, uh, Sticky Monkey, and the one that we reviewed in our last episode. Parabola? Yeah. Parabola? Yeah. Parabola. 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 Thank you, guys, because I always do that. <laughs> Parabola. Um, um, I like the aftertaste and the fact that I can still taste it, like, on my lips and on my tongue afterwards. Um, this one, not so much. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, I, I, I enjoy the, the berries. I think it. Oh, I very much enjoy really the berries. Like, yeah. I, I thought it really, I don't know. It just, it was such a beautiful marriage of everything in this beer for me. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I really do like it. I like, I have found that I really like these bourbon aged, uh, mm-hmm. beers. So okay, good. I keep saying this, but, uh, I definitely need to bring, my favorite, which is the Allagash Curio. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, I have, uh, I, I have a little shout out to, uh, Compton Eric from the Mustache Cash Stash podcast. Um, he acquired these cute little tasters and I think they're just perfect for this, uh, Yeah, beer. they are. I they think, are. Oh, they're uh, from Stone. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I think, um, they kind of open up, you know, kind of like have it air out or whatever the wine people call it. Breathe. Uh, breathe. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it yeah. breathed. It breathed. Breathed. Um, so what do you give it, Kristen? I am giving it also a rigid. Um, I am more partial to, um, to wheats and, uh, to, uh, IPAs and pale ales. Um, so the, I'm not, a fan of red ales at all. So the fact that I'm giving this a rigid is actually pretty good because generally red ales are very sweet and this is actually sweet, mm-hmm. but it's really good. I really enjoy it, but I got to say when I drink beer, I'm really drinking beer and I expect to have more than one. And I don't think I could have more than one of this. It's so rich. Oh, absolutely. But the flavor is there. I mean, it's a rigid, but that's the only thing keeping me from super Saiyan. And I think that's why I go super Saiyan. Cause with one of these bottles, I'd be like, for like, <laughs> life, it would be super cool. Like I'll drink the whole thing and I'll keep drinking because <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> so you got it, uh, guys. That's uh, two rigids and a super saiyan for this dude's uh, red ale genie in a bottle. Thank you, guys, and check this out. I mean, definitely, it's worth uh, looking for this to buy it and actually have a good taste. That I recommend serving it uh, right out of the refrigerator. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now, Juntos y Fuertes with Kristen. So, usually we do Juntos y Fuertes at the end, but today we are going to be piggybacking off of our Juntos y Fuertes for our actual book review. 
And so, um, today we are going to talk about Lion Forge Publishing Company. Um, Lion Forge is, um, actually, uh, a company that was founded in 2011. So they're, what is that? Seven? Yeah. <laughs> seven seven years. years old. Um, they were formed by David Stewart II and Carl Reed specifically to give ethnically diverse creators an outlet to create ethnically diverse characters. So that to me is, uh, really an amazing, um, a, an amazing thing to do to start, start a company specifically to gear towards giving, um, diversity, uh, and diverse creators an opportunity to, mm-hmm. uh, to create diverse books. Mm-hmm. So, um, the company began as a digital publisher, um, but experimented with print comics in 25. And then when digital sales began to kind of plateau industry wide, it expanded its print line in the summer of 2016, which mm-hmm. I remember starting to see Lion Forge Lion comics Forge coming into the too. shop. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we would order, uh, some and they seem to do really well with our, with our customer base, our customer base is heavily indie. They heavily lean towards indie titles, and um, there are, are quite a few people who come in and uh, specifically have Lion Forge stuff on their mm-hmm. on their uh, pool. Mm-hmm. So um, it's by late 2017, it had grown, and it uh, has now 30 employees, and they're located all over the place. It's it's a pretty big company now. They um, have people in St. Louis, uh, Chicago, and New York. And so I think that that is super um, awesome. Uh, they started kind of um, uh, acquiring other uh like little imprints as well. So they have um, something called Comics Beat. Um, mm, in in October 2017, they purchased um, uh, uh journalism site which is what comics beat is and um they also have something um uh, their their imprint is um uh, something called roar which uh is for young adults and teens yeah so wow. it's kind of a take oh, on the lion uh, theme <laughs> then something called cub house it's their imprint for children 12 and under and then uh they have magnetic press which presents an array of socially engaged and reflective titles from the indie genre. And then Catalyst Prime, um, which, let's see, um, it's their superhero imprint. Yeah, superhero Ooh, nice. Stuff. Yeah, so. so they have lots of different, um, imprints that they, um, that they use to put out all kinds of different genre of comics. Um, some of the, the, Titles that we have in the shop are um, Claudia and Rex, um, Aberato, Ghost Money, Jazz Maynard, which I loved. The art was cool. And just the whole vibe of like jazz in the 20s. It was just, it was really cool. And the story was really awesome. Um, Taproot, which, oh, oh my God, that I story. Taproot. Yeah, it's so, so it's cute. so cute. It's, I don't know what age... Um, it's YA, definitely YA. Okay, so it the the description of Taproot is Blue, the character, is having a hard time moving on. He's in love with his best friend. He's also dead. Luckily, Hamal can see ghosts, leaving Blue free to haunt him. Aww, that's so it sweet. Doesn't it sound so, so cute? Cute. Like I mean, there's an element of sadness, but it's so fucking cute. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, um, Juntos y Fuertes, 
Uh, definitely, if you have an LCS, ask them about Lion Forge titles. Um, some, as you know, uh, some publishing companies, some titles don't get ordered right from the beginning because, um, local comic shop owners don't, there's so many titles to choose from every month, they don't really know what's going to hit and what's not going to. Um, so if you have an interest in any of these books, and uh, they have many more titles that I didn't even talk about, um, do some research, look to see what they have, and ask your LCS to order some. Put put a title on your, um, on your pull list. Um, some of these books are probably going to be having trades coming out soon. Mm-hmm. So support these small independent publishing companies because they that's that's how they survive that's how they thrive is by people learning about them and buying their comics by mm-hmm. word of mouth yes. more so than mm-hmm. Marvel and DC because yeah. everybody knows who Marvel and DC right. is mm-hmm. and even stuff like Image and Dark Horse and Vertigo are pretty prevalent but mm-hmm. some of these smaller presses don't get that advertisement and that's what we're here for yep yes so, yes, applause all around. The reason why uh, I'm highlighting Lion Forge today is because they are the publishing company of the book that we are going to review. And um, I think I mentioned it prior in a prior episode. I don't know if it was my on my radar or chisme or juntos. I don't even remember. But we finally have uh, a real, true, in life hard copy of. Puerto Rico Strong. So this was the comic anthology that was created um, where all of the creators, the writers, the artists um, were Latino, were Puerto Rican, and it was made supporting Puerto Rico disaster relief and recovery after Hurricane, what was it, Harvey? Maria and Maria Harvey. And Harvey, yeah. Yeah. But um, I think one of the things that highlights this uh, this title uh, amongst others is that I think a hundred percent of yes. the sales mm-hmm. go towards that relief. Yes. So um, these people donated their time, energy, and talent uh, for a very good cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all one hundred percent of these proceeds go to Puerto Rico relief, which is still very much in desperate need. Absolutely. Of help. I mean, and it's just you don't recover from that in two weeks absolutely so, i mean and the as response, far, yeah. r- running water uh, just debris uh no electricity i mean mm-hmm. you name it uh the th- these living conditions are are very harsh and mm-hmm. a lot of people still don't even have any cell phone reception or anything to get yeah. a hold of their loved ones yeah. in the state some of the stories that i read specifically around that mm-hmm. about how people were flying there searching for their families because they could not contact them it was so um it it was so heart-wrenching because they didn't know what they were going to 
find when they got there. And I started thinking, like, if there was a natural disaster, I think about that a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, okay. <laughs> because we live in such a big city. And when I worked downtown and Eddie worked from home, even though that's about 20 miles, um, getting 20 miles in Los Angeles when a disaster happens like that, I mean, you see them in the movies. You can't drive down the freeway. The streets are packed. There's people running crazy all over the place. Um, and so even just getting that small distance, I, and if you didn't have a cell phone and not being able to contact them and not knowing if they were okay, I, uh, just 20 miles thinking about that is like heart wrenching. And to think about these people who are flying, you know, across the United States and into, and onto this little island and then the devastation that they saw when they landed, um, that that kind of really made it like you see things on TV and, and you see news reports, but these uh, stories that were told was just so like um, it was heart wrenching. Yeah, and it made it even more true. Yeah, it's um um, and I think one of the biggest things that I got from this book is that how many people still don't realize that Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory? Yeah, these people are U.S. citizens, mm-hmm. and the response. And let's be real, the response that they have received, not only from the president, but from every others, yeah. makes it very obvious that the reason that they haven't been helped is because mm-hmm. they are brown. Yeah. That's literally it. That's, yeah. That is the, that's literally why they haven't gotten any FEMA response, any, any relief from the U.S. It's because it is a brown territory. Mm-hmm. And people think, people, a lot of I think in the statistic the book said is that 50% of Americans don't know yeah. that Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory. Or and don't realize that the mm-hmm. Puerto, Puerto Ricans who live in Puerto Rico are U.S. citizens. Are mm-hmm. U.S. citizens. Right. And it's just they, they don't want to offer their condolences or their help because it to them they think it's it's another place like oh well why doesn't their government take care of it you the are, US, you yeah, are the you government are the, government. the US government is the one who's <laughs> supposed to be responsible for this but they don't Oh, I, I love this book. Um, we can't really center on a specific story other than... There were so many little yeah. stories in here. That's yeah. the there thing. It's an lot. anthology. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect for there to be so many stories. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've just... And I like even between the stories, there was some poetry. There was some artwork. Um, not many between the stories. Some of them just would flow into the next story, but... Um, uh, I, I appreciated that too. The artwork, the poetry. Um, I think just really quickly, I counted 40. 40? Yeah. Really? 40. Jesus. Well, I'm going to highlight my top three favorites. Mm-hmm. Damn, I, sh- I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, all of them were awesome, but go ahead. <laughs> all of, yes, all of them were uh, awesome. One of my favorite ones was Arretos. Uh, uh, illustrations and colors by Jamie Jones or Jaime Jones. Words by Vita Ayala and letters by Micah Myers. And it is about, uh, I guess, I, well, it is about um, uh, uh, a Taino warrior who gathered all of the other uh, Taino and tried to lead a pushback against the conquistadores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, um, he didn't succeed. Uh, but the story that they were telling, I've always loved stuff that's heavy in mythology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what this one is. And I really love the artwork for it because it's yes. kind of smoky yeah. and very watercolor-esque. And 
in this one, the Taino leader, he is asking uh, a woman what it is that she saw. And she said that, I see your death. Mm-hmm. And he goes on about how, well, that's how it is. And I still have to do this. Yeah. Because it's my duty and it's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do this, who else will? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the message of that story is that if I don't commit, who else will? It was like Doctor Strange in Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say you could say that. My second favorite one was the one about food. Oh about, yeah. Um, um, this uh, this man. Oh he was yeah, the guy. Yeah, yes. the the sous chef that wanted to. Uh, he was uh, trying to get the job. Yeah. Yes. And so the there uh, the lady was trying to tell him, you know, you're gonna have to cook for me to see what kind of dishes you're gonna serve. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm so nervous. I have never had anybody watch me. Yeah. Yes. Like, and then they made the popular reference of like, uh, what is it? Uh, the chef uh, show. And, yeah. and but then the the story that happens after that is really As touching. It, yes. Yeah. And so the the story is called Cocinar by Vito Del Sante with art by Yehudi Mercado. Oh shit! Yehudi! Fuck! I didn't even. What? Okay. That was an <laughs> aha moment. Bro. That was an aha moment. We we know Yehudi. Yeah, uh, Yehudi actually um, does a couple of different books for fan base press. He does mm-hmm. um, he the, does Hero Hotel. Right, and yeah. I can't remember what the other we one gotta, is. We gotta, we yes, gotta do that we one. Do. Yeah. We gotta do that one. But uh-huh, go ahead. But, oh my god. Okay, I should have real recognized the artwork. I was just like, this art looks familiar. <laughs> I, I didn't click. It didn't click. Sorry, Hootie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is about the sous chef who is trying to uh, get a job, and he, uh, and even the woman who's hiring says like, what what do you cook for? What like what's your reason for cooking? Mm-hmm. And the reason I really like this one is because, I. I really, I love food. <laughs> I love food. And uh, I, I very much love food. I wouldn't be this big if I, were, if I didn't love food. Um, um, but I think, I think it's safe to say we all love food. <laughs> but food in itself has a special meaning for me because I only really cook for my family. Mm-hmm. That's about it. For my family and friends. That's it. I don't. Um, uh, whenever there's a big event or something and stuff like that. And, uh, when I've been to Guatemala, even with my mom, I learned how to cook when I was like five. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so food, it has a very special meaning. And I, man, I do eat a lot of junk food. <laughs> That's because it's good. Um, um, but, uh, cooking itself, it's, I don't, I don't ever like cook for myself. I always cook for a lot of people. Whenever I cook, I'm basically making servings for 10. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, no because it's just like, because either one, one, if I'm cooking, there's always going to be like, oh, are you making some for me? Or two, like, or, or two is like, they immediately assume that there's going to be food for them as well. So <laughs> they just take it. So I, I have come to the practice of cooking for a lot. I cannot cook for one. I cook for like five. and so i really like this story because he um um, in his explanation to the woman of why he cooks and why he wants to be hired he goes on about 
how he learned cooking from his grandmother. Mm-hmm. And whenever he makes sazon, it's like his grandmother's presence yeah. is there. And I was just like, oh shit. Yeah. That's and so the, sense. and I like the reference they made that mm-hmm. they said, uh, when, when we're cooking, we put it on Facebook and then everybody just starts coming over. Everybody yeah. comes yeah. over. Yeah. Oh, I'm making this. I'm just like, oh shit, I'm coming over now. Whenever, yeah, whenever, like, I post something on Facebook and my brother, who doesn't live with us, he sees it, he's just like, oh shit, coming over. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and it's true like it's just especially for when my madrina says that she's making pupusas the, uh, your girl is over yeah. there. your girl <laughs> is there she is on the spot because she doesn't make them that much yeah. anymore and so when she says she's doing it your girl is there yeah i love her pupusas i mean i think all cultures in at, at some in one way shape or form have this um tradition around food mm-hmm. um i know that uh my husband's family they're they're european they're italian and when uh his aunt makes um uh what's the little potato balls called um gnocchi when she makes it's like an all-day thing you know she boils the potatoes and she rolls them out and then she makes the sauce and all this stuff and it's like a big production and when they just like how you're saying when your your nina uh your oh your madrina Uh makes um Papusa, same thing. If they hear that, um, that his aunt is making gnocchi, they are all like, okay, and it's a big deal, and then everyone, like, communes around that food. It's, it's, I love like, that. It's all like, we got, we gotta go now. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and now, my third favorite one, and this was a close one, because it was gonna be this one, or stories from my father, it's of myth and monsters. And it is about um, uh, this family who's going to Puerto Rico because I guess their dad is like some kind of archaeologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was excavating. He was going back to see if his site was uh, was safe yeah. and mm-hmm. secure. Um, uh, and he goes there and he's just like, oh, no, it's not. But while he's there, something awakens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, uh, it's basically uh, a captured spirit who immediately attacks him and says, Spaniard... And he says Spaniard, uh, and I guess something that roughly translates to terrorist mm-hmm. or murderer. And colonizer. Colonizer, yeah. yes. He says colonizer. Yeah. And he basically uh, attacks the dad and knocks him out. And then he turns on the children. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the mom is fierce as fuck. She's like, yeah. no, you're not touching my children. Yeah, she, you're not touching my children. And that sparks something in the spirit. He recognizes them mm-hmm. as Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. As he Boricuas. calls them Taino. And then he stops his assault. And that was really, really cool. And I really, really liked that. And I, I thought... Again, the artwork was very, very nice. Yeah. And I really liked those. Those were super cool. I like that one because, um, like you said, that, you know, the mythos about it, the magic and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I like how love, um, basically releases, um, this soul. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was great. That was really well, well, uh, written. So Mm -hmm. the one thing that struck me in this book and at a, in most of the stories that were included, is the way that I'm sure these creators didn't all get on Skype or on a phone call or write letters or whatever to say, you know, we're going to include this exact same thing in all the stories. But that's what really struck me as how important it was to have this book be written by Puerto Ricans Mm -hmm. is that the theme of 
you saw it over and over again as like my mother always taught me that mm-hmm. we we are always there to help mm-hmm. each other. Boricuas are strong. Yes. Yeah, so like yeah. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. and uh no matter what like the the story where they were there was a son and a father who were going back mm-hmm. to see what had happened and they had food. I guess they were looking for his father his, his father and his mother. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah, and um and they were going and on the side of the road they passed uh 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 i don't know it was a man and it was a family a in family need. Yeah. In need, yeah in need and the little boy was like let's give stop and give them some food and the dad was like but that food's for our family and he's like but you always taught me that, that whenever yeah that we're all family we're all from this, this island that we're when we always help family and so that theme was throughout all of the stories almost and it was so like culturally relevant um to have like obviously these writers these creators that's something that has been instilled in them as well as puerto ricans as people who have either grown up on the island or who have experienced culture but you know in the united states and it's just it was very very um overpowering that whole theme Mm -hmm. and to me i learned so freaking much from the about the history of puerto rico Mm -hmm. and the colonization and the um the time i I kept in my head saying taino so i don't know if it's taino or taino Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um about please tell us yeah (laughs) am i saying it it right or am i saying it wrong Uh, (laughs) about how um you know the indigenous people were there and then you know the spaniards came and then all of this stuff happened and it was just so um interesting um the story of how they came to be who they are now and how such a small percentage of the original taino um blood is still you know running uh, because of all the mixing and stuff like that but it just it was so amazing to me um the history of that island and of, of those people and how just like Jen was saying, how they're denied so much. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, like she said, let's get real, because of the fact is the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. Um, that the fact that they don't even have a say, and I think we talked about this in our, in our last one, they don't have a say in our, uh, in our elections, yet, um, one of the stories in here mentioned how, um, they're we still- actually have tons of say in what goes on there, mm-hmm. but they don't have any say. And that they were still drafted. For yes, and that they were all drafted. The wars, yeah, every single one. Of and them. that and they were encouraged to come to the United States to work and to take on all of of the brunt of a lot of the workforce that um, that needed help during the wars and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was just um, very interesting to me, very educational. Uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, enjoy is not the right word. I was very <laughs> interested in the story about um, the uh, story about the um, 
the hysterectomies and oh and God. the birth yes. control that so, was forced upon women. The yes. forced sterilization. Who, yeah, forced sterilization. Who that these women didn't know that it was forever, that it was permanent, that they couldn't go back, and all these uh, like I, I'm just imagining all these people, all these women who went through this, and how it has affected the the um their bloodline and their family and everything because they were not able to have children. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, that story is called Family Ends With Me. The writers of Liliam Rivera and artist is Allison Strijlau. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, actually, that was one of my top three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just devastating to read that. Um, they they uh, couldn't um, have clinical trials here mm-hmm. in the U.S., mm-hmm. so they... Um, they kind of awarded it in such a way that they weren't really letting the women know what they were signing up for. Right. And they didn't even really sign up for it. They were kind of like, um, la operación, I think they called it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was sterilization. And I'm just like, that is horrible. Like, I didn't even know this happened. And this is Sarah. And actually, I, um, I was talking to Jaime and I, he's, and I'm like, you know, uh, I'm reading this wonderful book, uh, Puerto Rico Strong. And I go, uh, um, it's so amazing to actually learn something that you weren't taught in school. Yeah. Um, and I go, if you pick something up, I really highly recommend that mm-hmm. one because it's, it's not only entertaining, which is the wrong word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's also educational. And when, when I read something that teaches me something and I'm just like, dumbfounded why i didn't learn it before yeah uh, i'm just like in awe and um this book does that for me yeah definitely and it's for a good cause so mm-hmm. um there's so many stories here that teach you different things and like Kristen was saying she was saying that it touches on how they're brought up with all this love and the support for your people and you know like you help each other out and you're all family and you know the the bonds of what the, the that food bring to us yeah um is also a, a relevant in here and i actually reading this book i want to go to uh, puerto rico i was <laughs> thinking the same thing <laughs> i was like mentioning it to my husband and i go i want to go hear the coca Yes. <laughs> and I want to go and he's like, but it's not a good time to visit. And I go, you know, I want to see those caves where the Dino drawings yeah. are. And mm-hmm. I mean, all of that I learned from this book. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm just astounded. It's such a, it's such a great book. It's such an amazing, um, mixture of many stories that are just amazing. And one of my other favorites was Para Pasitos Grandes. Um, and that one is stories from, uh, Tristan. Tarwater and art by Cynthia Santos. And this is kind of a futuristic, um, it, it's, it's kind of like a kids on a field trip. Yes. And they're, they have a, a guide that's go, uh, guiding them through the history of Puerto Rico. And it actually takes place in the future. So, um, in this story, a lot of Puerto Ricans were first colonizers in, in space. Mm-hmm. And so, um, they're like, do you dare to be, you know, like your ancestors before you who uh, took that first step, mm-hmm. um, you can be that person who, you know, starts a um, life in other planets. So I thought that was a very... Um, that was a really cool one. Yeah, it yeah. was sort of really hopeful and, and beautiful. And I, I love the art. The art was really awesome on that one. That was one of my favorites. Um, also, Blame It on, on Rico by Albertito Serrano. Um, it's this uh, Puerto Rican painter, comic painter who paints on walls like a kind oh, of yeah, in yeah, Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's in Brazil. 
And um, uh, one of my favorite things is like, because, uh, you know, you're out, you're you're creating your art on a wall out in the city. So people are going to stop and question you or have comments or unnecessary critique. And um, <laughs> one of the things is like, well, what are you? And he's like, well, I'm American. Mm-hmm. He's like, but you're not bra- uh, blonde hair and uh, green eyes. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's really funny. That made me laugh out loud because when I went to Nicaragua to visit, they're like, what are you? And I'm like, I'm an American. And they're like... <laughs> and one of my favorite things was um I had these uh these chucks that were like torn and dirty and I was just going to leave them there cuz you know I wanted to pack to leave stuff there and then come back home with cool stuff for everybody and um and then they're like I can't believe you're going to wear that and I'm like what are you talking about the the that white guy has ripped jeans and stuff he's like yeah but he's white you're you're dark and oh. now I'm like really you just said that to me wow okay <laughs> But um yeah, I really they like this no story. Filter. <laughs> they really don't. Uh, Not only I really like that one too because uh I I get that feeling. And even here in the States. Yes. Oh my yeah, gosh. Because yeah. of where we work, I have been confused for Filipina, Italian, really? Native American, um uh, some kind of Asian, as someone once lightly put it. Uh, some kind of Asian. <laughs> some kind of Asian. And I'm kind of Asian mouth? Some kind of Asian. <laughs> So, I don't think they understand the words that are coming yeah, out of their mouth. Yeah. I've been confused for Moroccan. I've been confused. Well, the Mexican one makes sense. Okay. Because, yeah. like, I, I, like, it's the go-to one. Yeah. California. A lot of Mexicans. And so I'm not really, like, I'm just, like, I get confused by... As Mexican by Mexican, so that's a, that's, a, that's perfectly. It's because you're tall. It's because I'm tall. Yes. And so when I say that I'm American over there, they believe it because I'm taller than everybody there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But um, but it's just like I don't understand how some people can be. To well, to me, it's rude. It's just like, bro, you don't need to know. Calm your tits. You <laughs> it's like, it's that, that information is between me, myself, and I, and you are butting in. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but it's, it. that one, yeah, that one was a good story. Yeah, I love uh, one of the lines he says, I, um, uh, he's describing himself, a Taino who survived the ravages of Spanish the crown was assimilated to already to a already complicated American culture and managed to thrive in an equally nuanced Brazilian society. Which I thought was like really clever writing there. We're adaptable. <laughs> <laughs> like put that on a t shirt. No, but um but yeah, no, uh, this book was amazing. Well I my last one that I wanted to say that I really loved is La Casita of American Heroes. Oh my god. Which oh, oh Jesus, just trying to rip my heart yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Which was one of the stories that we were talking about where um they are flying to Puerto Rico to make sure that their family is safe because they can't get a hold of them. Mm-hmm. And um, in the beginning, she's, I think, is this the one where she's talking about how they, um, uh, or is that another one, where they were living with her in the States? But no, I think that was just the mom that in the other story. I think so. Um, but what was really... I think those parents retired to Puerto oh, Rico okay. once yeah. they... There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. What was really uh, touching in, in this story and also kind of infuriating is yeah. how when when they go to the house to look for um, their um, uh, family, which is the, the mom and the dad of this woman who is there, there's like literally a car 
vet is just crashed into the middle of the house. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, she, there's a panel of the woman who is narrating, looking at the scene and just crying. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, just like, I, I don't know what I'm going to find when I go inside, but she is a war veteran. Mm-hmm. And she, in her, in her narration, she's talking about how she's been to war and she's seen horrible things and she has to go inside, uh, even though she doesn't know what she's going to find. I think one of the things she mentioned was, I've seen so much, yet I'm not prepared to see what I'm yeah. about to find. Yeah. Might find, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, so she goes inside and there, there's mud everywhere, there's trees, everything is just in disarray, and she is a little bit relieved that she has, the, her, her parents aren't inside. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, they're not here. And she, you know, she's kind of, you can tell in the way that the art is that she's walking, but like hesitation because she doesn't want to find mm-hmm. her parents, uh, hurt or dead. Mm-hmm. And, in walking along, looking, the her daughter, who she brings with her, um, walks across all uh, this wall that is full of a whole bunch of of photos, and that she's survived like, "Survived the storm." Yeah, yeah, that survived the storm. Everything else is in disarray, but all these pictures are just completely uh, in perfect shape on the wall. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Who are these people?" And she's like, "Well, that's familia." Mm-hmm. A- and she starts to tell her daughter of all these people uh, on the wall. Her um, abuelo, wait, her um, her great grand great great grandfather from her abuelo side, um, who fought in World War. One, um, he was one of the eighteen thousand Puerto Ricans that were drafted into military service in nineteen seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, a few months after the Jones uh, Shafroth Act that made the Puerto Ricans American citizens in nineteen seventeen. What happened to him? Did he die in war? And she's talking a little bit about that. Then they come across another uh, person who. Um, was part of the Harlem Hellfighters that was part of her family. And yeah, because uh, I like that explanation. It was because of the color of his because skin. Because he was, yeah, because he was dark and the, that the military was segregated. He had to fight because uh, he was Afro Boricua. He was Afro Boricua. Uh-huh. He, he was still, still black. black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there was that person. And then there was, um, both of her great grandfathers fought in World War Two. Um, her, uh, on her abuelita side, um, they also fought in France and Germany. Um, Guillermo, one of the other family members, joined the Navy and served on the USS San Juan. Um, his sister, Clarita, enlisted in service as a nurse. Um, her actual... Um, the little girl's abuelo served in the Korean War. And so... Just going on and on. Three of her great uncles, Tomas, Ruben, and Stephen, fought in the Vietnam War. So all of these family members who fought for the United States in the United States military, and then to th- and she is a veteran, and her husband is a veteran, and then to think of how they were treated and how they are treated, and how just still to this day that to be not called Americans. Yeah, to be not called Americans and to be treated as less than is just so infuriating. Yeah, and in that particular story, I think the daughter said that um that in school, cuz she was kind of apprehensive of why she had brought her daughter under the devastation of the hurricanes, um and she's like, "No, mom, I'm I'm glad I'm here because 
in school they said Puerto Ricans aren't real Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, God, I can't even shield my daughter from this. Yeah. You know, and it was like, uh, made me, made me tear up. Yeah. And what's more real than all of that history of fighting for your country? Mm-hmm. That just, doesn't accept you. Yeah, it doesn't accept you. Yeah. Since military culture is very, very much ingrained into the American consciousness. Mm-hmm. But, um, we can't say enough of this book. It's, uh, all the stories are amazing in some way, shape or form. There, we just shared some of the standouts in our personal, um, repertoire, but I feel that th- this whole book is amazing and it's for a good cause. So I really highly recommend it. Do yes. You, uh, are I we, highly recommend it. are we ready to rate this book? Of course. Okay. Yes. Well, I am going to give it, uh, tres, tres, Tres conchas and uh, the whole panaderia. What is the what was he he making in the in that story? Little empanadas, empanadillas. or something? Yeah, empanadillas. Yeah. Empanadillas. Mm-hmm. Empanadillas. I'm gonna give it um uh, three servings of mofongo, and if you guys haven't <laughs> had it, it's fucking delicious. I I love eating all kinds of foods. Yeah. And so I really like mofongo. Mofongo's mm. good. I've heard of everything. it, but I don't think I've ever had Sancocho. it. Sancocho. 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 I always say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, mofongo's good. You mm. should have it. It's, it's good. fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I this is Kristen. I am going to give it the the tres uh, in pana. What was it in panadillas? <laughs> and what's in, what's a Puerto Rican drink? Mm, not sure. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm very very um, ignorant to Puerto Rican food drink because I think. Um, the East Coast is a lot more. Yeah, they have a lot more. Yeah, they're they're. We're, um, we're more ingrained with Mexican culture. Yeah, I'm not even yeah. hesitating on saying that. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, yeah. So I don't know, but I'm actually this has made me interested to see like where do Puerto Ricans who um, live out here on the West Coast where do they go to have a little piece of home? If you are listening to this, please uh, let us to, know. Yeah, let us know. In fact, Desiree Rodriguez, who is one of the um, who is one of the editors of the book she, uh, i'm friends with her on facebook and i let her know that we were doing um we were we we're gonna read the book and we're gonna do a review and um i'm gonna ask her uh what she uh, if she knows of any uh west coast southern california puerto rican legit places to go you know who I'm, you know when i ask i'm gonna ask rosario dawson <laughs> <laughs> is she puerto rican mm-hmm. oh i didn't know that i didn't know what she was i knew she was latina <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, she was the oh, one that works she's with the, the, she's gonna do the Boricena. Bori yeah. That's right. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna ask her. So I guess uh, I did know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Um, okay, just one special note. This is Sarah. I wanted to mention that, uh, let's say you haven't read comics and let's say you haven't followed anything in the comic world for years. Um, this is a great way to pick up a book and have all the stories kind of, um, 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 resolved. Short form. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Short form storytelling. It's yeah. an anthology book. Mm-hmm. There's no sequel for anything. I mean, the sequel is, will the U.S. do anything to help? <laughs> uh, we're seeing the answer and, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Kind of, kind of not. I mean, the thing about this is that this, this came out 
about a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't see anything on the news much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still suffering over there. Oh, absolutely. And so, um, please, if this at all in any way, shape, or form interests you, ask your local comic shop to order it for you because, um, the money is still going to go to a good cause. To a exactly. good cause. Well, yeah. it's still available. It hasn't been out for long. Maybe a month. Or yeah. So. yeah. Maybe somebody um, in your family has expressed uh, interest in reading comic books. This is a perfect uh, book and, to give them. Mm-hmm. And this is a good way how you can contribute. Like, e- like you, like, if you don't really know, like, if you don't really want to donate it to, like, uh, some organization because you think they're shady or whatever, mm-hmm. or you're not satisfied with what the U.S. is doing, but you want to do something and just don't know how, this is a way that you can contribute, yeah. is just by buying this book, and mm-hmm. you get some cool stories out of it. And it is a low, low price of twelve ninety nine. Really? Oh, yeah. I thought it For was 40 stories. I thought mm-hmm. it was 25. No, this is even better than I thought. It's 12.99. Oh my god, I'm so gonna get this for people during Christmas. <laughs> because you know what? I, you know, I'm not a really good student. Um, I, you know, I don't like to read the news or whatever or even watch the news. But having, uh, history and, um, um, it was fed to me in a comic book format. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I've really seen a rise in the comic book industry with works like these. The first one that we ever saw was Love is Love, mm-hmm. which uh, was for the Pulse shooting in Florida. Yes. And they helped those families uh, financially with medical bills, with funeral costs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, Thank mm-hmm. you, Kristen. Uh, and there's this one, Puerto Rico Strong. And there was one before that, uh, the Plant Parenthood one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And now there's going to be another one, I believe, next month called Where We Live yes. for the victims of the Las Vegas Las shooting. Las Vegas shooting. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It's called, yeah, it's called Where We Live. And all proceeds will go to all the families yeah. uh, affected by the shooting. And, uh, again, for hospital costs, funeral costs, and stuff yeah. like I that. I think in all of those situations when we see the Human news story. coverage and the the stories that are being reported that um for the most part if you have any semblance of humanity in your little heart <laughs> you ask yourself what can i do mm-hmm. and this is something super simple that you can do and that you're going to get something really cool out of it mm-hmm. absolutely um jen did you rate the book I said three servings yeah. of mofongo. Like you this. absolutely said that. I'm sorry. I always do that, guys. Mm-hmm. My gosh, and so, that's a lot of mofongo. I'm yeah. <laughs> like I'm not even pushing it there. I don't know. No, there's probably somebody out there who eats. You know. <laughs> well, we all have rave reviews about this, so we all love this book. So pick it up, guys. It's for a good cause. And now it's time for On My Radar. And this is Sarah. What is on your radar, Sarah? Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Dude, guys, On My Radar, Bill and Ted number three. I feel that this is awesome. Keanu Reeves is my husband. You know what I'm saying? Keanu Reeves, he's the the awesome sauce of of actors. I mean, the guy is amazing. He donates his his earnings from... um, the Matrix to yes. the, ca- the, ca- the crew yeah. of the film while they were filming it. And he gets such a bum rap. He does because of Sad Keanu, which... <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 look. Anybody who gives shit uh, to Keanu Reeves can personally fight me. And he has such a sad story. He does. Was it his girlfriend, wife, or, or his fiance? Girlf- his fiance, I believe, that yeah, uh, died, died in the car accident. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then... 
Um, I think she was pregnant at the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they lost the baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then his sister uh, got cancer, mm-hmm. and it's just he's gone through a lot. But yeah. he's he's the he's the guy that I've I've never heard of anyone else. Um, you know, in in um in the acting world, that is rides the subway in New York, and yeah. he always gives his seat to someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, if that doesn't say a lot about you, I don't know what does. And you know, he's a fucking uh, John Wick fame because he's mm-hmm. like the, the action star right now. Mm-hmm. But yet he is gonna do. Like his breakout movie, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Yep. And he's not above that. I love I it. I didn't even know there was a two. I don't think I was familiar with two. Oh, okay. okay. But yeah, there was a two. Was he in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah he's gonna reprise his role, which I'm so excited for. I'm gonna watch it because, as I said, Keanu Reeves is my husband. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, they're they're kind of saying that it might be like a like a Christmas Carol type of Bill and Ted, but we're not sure yet. But they're both they're both in and saying yes that they, they want to do this project. So I'm very excited about that. Um it, they're gonna have uh kids in this movie, so that's very interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be directed by Dean Par- Parisot, Parisot from Galaxy Quest. And oh yes. I love oh, Galaxy Quest. I love Galaxy Quest. Quest. Oh, I used to God. have a sweatshirt that's a Galaxy Quest and I wear it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be cr- uh, written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. Um it would, you know, continue to on with the whole time traveling exploits that happened during mm-hmm. the first two movies. So rock and roll Bill and Ted. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. And the other thing that is on my radar is Rick Moranis came out of retirement. I saw that. Do you guys know who Rick Moranis is? Yes, I do. Yes. Oh. He is the man who was in Ghostbusters, the original yep. movie. Oh. Yes. He also was, uh, he was the, uh, the helmet in, uh, uh, Spaceballs. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. And uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids yes. fame. Yes. Uh-huh. I love that man. And okay. he actually went into retirement at kind of the height of his career to be a stay-at-home dad. So that means yes, he's I also... I seeing that. That means he's also cool as fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, my God, I mean, what man at the height of his career um, decides to take time off to be with his kids because he wanted their growing up experiences to be as cool as... It was when yeah. he was growing up with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, home cooked meals and a parent, uh, you know, there for a the kids. Stay at home parent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was great. So he is uh, reprising his role um, that he did on the movie uh, um, Spaceballs, and he's going to be in the Goldbirds. It actually, I love that show. <laughs> it aired uh, May the ninth, but if you missed it, you can totally catch it on Hulu. Yes, you can. So that's uh, how I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very very excited for that. It's uh um I can't wait. I'm I'm very excited to see what he does with this. I haven't seen it. I know it just came out, but now I can I can stream it on Hulu, so I'm kind of like prepping myself. I'm so excited. <laughs> so that's uh that's what's on my radar. Also what's on my radar is all the freaking exclusive uh comic LA uh, East LA Comic Con Cape stuff that's going to be at the East LA Comic uh, as an yeah, exclusive. Lalo, Lalo is making a print. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lalo, Which, by the way, we need to talk to Lalo. <laughs> yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lalo Alcaraz is going to have, have a, a print for that specific, uh, event. Um, also, uh, uh, Monty Gomez's Luchador, um, Luchador, um, uh, 
Uh, they have new pants, yes, which uh-huh. they look awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Also, El Muerto, they have uh, exclusive prints and also, I think, buttons for the event mm-hmm. of Isla Cape. Yeah. Um, nice. But what I'm really looking forward is uh, towards uh, Paul Noir's team. Um, they have this uh, uh, comic that they're working on. Um, it is called uh, Chano's Bathroom Trip. Now, it's a weird name, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was... Um, fortunate enough to get a preview of Ooh. the story and oh my god let me tell you i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> they uh it's uh um it's actually the project of Jan- janae patino and uh, she's the creator of the story she wrote the story uh-huh. and it came to her but uh, she's working in a collaboration with miguel angel acedo and Graham Sis- Sisk, who are is Paul the artist North, yeah Paul North. so he is he's <laughs> hold doing, on I, it took me a while before I realized you were saying Po Noir. What were you saying? <laughs> pa, pa Noir. Pa yeah. Noir. I'm like, what's Pa I'm Noir? Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> in, in my head, I was just like, she means Po Noir, right? Po Noir. Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> it must be the beer. What I mean is the Po Noir. Am I saying it again? Po Noir. Po Noir. <laughs> it's a tongue twister, guys. <laughs> this is Sarah. I take full responsibility for that. <laughs> po Noir. For the Noir team. Um, they, uh, uh, are part of this, uh, channel's bathroom trip. And let me tell you guys, uh, just from the little bit that I've read, it's gonna be an amazing story. And I can't wait for them to actually finish the comic book. Um, but it's amazing. And, uh, the team, you guys know we're in love with the team. So. Yes. Graham Sisk's art is just amazing. It's black and white, but it leaves nothing, uh, you longing for nothing. You don't care that there's no color. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. But this story, um, I, I read a little bit and I'm telling you guys, it's, I feel it's sexy as fuck. Ooh, <laughs> so I'm in. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. I'm going to totally like, you know, go, go on a hunt for these exclusives at East LA Cape when I get a chance. So, um, that's what, uh, that's what's on my radar. That's exciting. It I look really forward is. to that too. Yes. Well, guys, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Where yes. can they find us? Well, they can find us this Saturday at East LA Cape. Uh, it's going to be in East LA. Yeah, the, uh, at Gallo Plaza. At El Gallo Plaza, same place as last year. And we will be there. We will have a lot of the books that we have reviewed. But either way, it's a free event. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, it's a free event, and it, there's going to be even more exhibitors this year. Yes, because they last are year. expanding to outside. Yes, they are expanding to outside. Yes, and um, highly recommended. Uh, please be sure to come prepared. Have some sunscreen, maybe uh, an umbrella um, or a big floppy hat because it's going to be hot. And um, because they're really diligent about having the maximum amount of, part- of people inside the venue, they they let you go in waves of, of groups but usually mm-hmm. people are really patient and really nice you know pack up uh pack up some water and just head on down it's a free event mm-hmm. and uh you will not regret it it is really amazing there's so much talent it's a lot of fun and we will be there all day on saturday or well not all day but as long as the as long as the, as long as the uh, i don't even know is it 10 to like 10 to 5, five? or 6 i think like it was 6 last year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We will be there. We will not have conchas regrettably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. 
<laughs> we will not have conchas, guys. Yeah. But we will have some swag. So come on down and we ha- we'll have some prizes. Are we going to have the raffle again? Maybe an hourly raffle? Well, we'll think about it. Just come on down. Take a picture with us. <laughs> share it on but our Facebook. We will have books that we've reviewed in the past for sale. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the books that you might have heard us talk about, we each uh, picked uh, a couple of our favorites. And I um, am going to also include um, some, try to get some Puerto Rico strong books to have there as well. Excellent. I love it. Oh, I love that. I love that. And besides that, in two weeks, we, well, yeah, two weeks. Two weeks after this one. May 19th and 20th. Yeah, May 19th. That's two weeks. Yeah. In two weeks. (laughs) I'll trust you because I I can't math. (laughs) Can't even say Pot Noir. (laughs) (laughs) We will be at Comic Con Revolution in Ontario. Yes. Yes. And we won't have a booth, but we're going to be having a panel with Fanbase Press. Yes. Yes. So again, the Latinx. Uh, impact uh, on the comic book industry. And Jen and I will also be doing a second panel, which is um, Stories of L- the LCS. So Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be dropping off all, all the these bombs. <laughs> all <laughs> the bombs. <laughs> and uh, uh, if, in case you didn't know or forgot, LCS is local comic book store. So yes. it's going to be it's going to be for some interesting listening pleasures there. So come on down if you're in the area, please come Come on to our panel. It's w- at what time, guys? Oh, uh, the panel. Good question. I think it was eleven, wasn't it? Uh, I actually can tell you if you stall a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stalling. She's so, stalling. She's stalling as fast as she can. So we had a uh, plenty of conchas at the uh, Hariho Comic Con. Um, so if uh, if if that's what you're looking for, then make sure you put that on your calendar for next year. <laughs> we will have conchas then, and maybe we can even serve some coffee as well. It wasn't so bad i mean um some people were helping themselves to the coffee supply for the for the actual people that were <laughs> that's right they were <laughs> and i okay. thought that was interesting so wow, you Thanos. were correct it is saturday um 19th uh at 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock and it will be in room 106 Excellent. I know it's uh, early, one of the earlier uh, panels, but we hope to see you there. And yes, we will have we some do. swag and cards in case uh, you stay after the panel. Uh, we always usually do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we will also be at, uh, what was the other event, June 2nd? June 2nd is going to be a Tia Chucha's um, Words Festival, which is going to be in Pacoima at the Pacoima City Hall. And that is going to be... Um, I believe that's an all-day event, too. It's an all-day event, and it's also free. Yes, it's also free. And uh, Tia Chucha is one of the um, Juntos y Fuertes that we shared um, a couple of episodes ago, too. They do all that awesome stuff with youth and... um, uh, the theater, um, also uh, youth program. I think they have plays or something. Oh no, that was oh, ser- the- uh, um, theater cero uno cero uno. Oh, okay. Um, the the words festival is actually two to seven. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. so 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. So that's actually, I don't have, I can sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, they did a little thing for us if you haven't seen it yet today. They took, they took this picture off of our, Facebook. of our Facebook. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
So it's you took picture. the picture, took so you're not in it, but it was uh, okay. Jen and I looking through uh, it, comics. It's, it's okay because I feel that it's it's um um it's highlighting my professional picture taking <laughs> abilities because I saw the ladies. Uh, if you haven't seen the poster uh, picture, it's uh they were looking through long white boxes for comic books yeah. at, at a convention, and I thought that was such a great shot because yeah. Kristen was wearing our T-shirt. So, um, and I was just looking fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd capture the moment. Uh, so Pacoima City Hall is 13520 Van Nuys Boulevard in Pacoima. Um, you can go to tiachucha, T-I-A-C-H-U-C-H-A dot org for any other information. And I had mentioned to you previously that I was going to share with you Dudes Brewing, uh, information. They are in Torrance and they're located at 1840 West 208th Street in Torrance, California, 90501. Excellent. I love it. And as always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Comic Comadres. And Snapchat, which I should have done more Snapchatting at Heidi Ho Comic Con, but I was just... Overwhelmed. Uh, I just overwhelmed <laughs> with stuff that I, I missed it. Uh, but I did. You're take being some, a great host. <laughs> but I thank you. But I would, I do have pictures and I did, I will put them on the Snapchat in case you guys are interested in taking a look at uh, our stories and what we do. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.